Um, let's use those words at the end of Psalm 19 as our prayer for illumination and inspiration. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Let your light shine in our hearts and minds. Amen. Holy now. Filled with the power of the Spirit, Jesus returned to Nazareth, his hometown, where he began to teach in the synagogue. And as was the custom, he stood to read the words of the prophet Isaiah, then sat down to interpret the words he just read. A reminder to preachers that there are the scriptures and there is the interpretation of the scriptures which is, in a sense, less important in that it's only ever one person's interpretation. It might be right, but it might be wrong. But I'll come back to interpretation in a minute. Jesus' groundbreaking message was simply that good news, freedom and recovery are today fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, in this present moment, this day, this moment is holy. Christ is present in it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, God, has anointed me. No doubt that some who heard Jesus saying those words would be saying to themselves, who does he think he is to claim the inspiration of the Spirit of the Lord in such a way? Isn't he Joseph's son? We know where he came from. He can't be anything special. Jesus came to correct such thinking, to widen the net, the tent of understanding how God is present in all of creation now, how all of life is sacred, infused with holiness here and now. Today is being completed this is what Jesus essentially is saying. Today is being completed. It's a perfect tense in the Greek. It means it's continuing. Today is being completed, the day of the Lord. It's a present reality going on at this moment and continually going on at every moment. It's always now, in a sense. Every moment is infused with the divine presence. That's what Jesus is saying. The earth is filled with divine holiness. This is the day and now is the time. This is the year of the Lord's favour. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. A couple of things to say about that. Firstly, I suppose it only really becomes so when such a divine word is responded to with our yes, amen, let it be so. In the absence of such a response, the moment remains unholy to us. It's like any, any relationship. There's the first move, then there's a necessary response. And in this case, God, God has come drawn near we're invited to draw near in response. Nehemiah, the governor, and Ezra, the priest, 
They urged the people of Israel to rejoice this day, for today is a sacred day to the Lord, a holy day, a kadosh day in the Hebrew, meaning sacred or holy. And the people responded with a necessary agreement, their consent, as we shall see. But first, a wee bit of context about Nehemiah and the story. Nehemiah, a Jew, is born in exile and becomes a cupbearer for the king of Persia, Artaxeres. Like any good Jew, he longs for his homeland and is eager for news from Judah. He mourns when he hears of the trouble and disgrace that still exists in Jerusalem. The city walls broken down and famine raging, despite his being some seventy this being seventy years or so after some of the Jews had begun to return to Judah, Nehemiah decides to fast and pray to God. Always a good thing to do. Now he has to play the long game, as often happens with prayer. It's some four months of fasting and praying later that he gets the opportunity to speak to the king. And the king is sympathetic and agrees to allow Nehemiah to return to to Judah to rebuild the broken walls of Jerusalem, which he manages to get done in an amazing 52 days, despite some heavy opposition. A wee comment on the nature of work. All work is holy, whether it appears so or not. Remember what Jesus said, whatever you do, do it as if working for the Lord. Eugene Peterson, in his introduction to the message translation, said, It's common for us to refer to the work of pastors, priests and missionaries as sacred, and that of lawyers, farmers and engineers as secular. It's wrong. Work by its very nature is holy. The biblical story is dominated by people who have jobs in gardening, shepherding, the military, politics, carpentry, tent making, homemaking, fishing and more. Nehemiah remains in Jerusalem for some 12 years as governor before going back to Susa and the Persian king he served. When the rebuilding of the walls is complete, Ezra, the priest, reads from the book of the law, the book of Moses, Genesis to Deuteronomy. We read in verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up, Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The people received that word with their Amen. And secondly, the interpretation of the scriptures, the divine word, mattered in both Jeremiah and in Jesus in Luke chapter 4. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, we read, So they read from the book of the law, from the law of God with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. 
for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The people needed to hear good news. In a time of famine and rebuilding, the people needed to hear that God was the God of favour, not harsh and demanding. They needed to know that it was okay to be joyful in the presence of God and people. Not just okay, but commanded even. It was good to drink wine and good food and share with those who had little or, or none. They needed to know that there was a holiness in their ordinary lives and that holiness was working in them and through them to bring justice and joy. I read a commentary this week by Debbie Thomas. She said this, If your pastor told you to feast, celebrate and rejoice right now because today is a day holy to the Lord, how would you respond? If one of your spiritual mentors insisted that this year, 2022, is the year of the Lord's favour, what would you say? I'll be honest, she said. I would say, you've got to be kidding me. This year, this one, today, right now, how can it possibly be? I don't think I'd be alone in my scepticism, she goes on. As I type these words, Omicron is overwhelming the planet. Hospitals are reaching capacity. Physicians and nurses are exhausted. National and local economies are flailing. And COVID's death toll continues to rise. And this is before we mention any of the other challenges facing us. Wars and threats of wars. Violence of all stripes. The catastrophic effects of climate change. The long shadow of racial injustice. Alarming breakdowns in civility and basic kindness. Rising epidemics of anxiety, depression, addiction and despair. Who on earth would reasonably call our current moment holy or favoured of God? Well, who indeed? But that is what we are invited to do. To glimpse the holy in the mundane. To see the sacred in the messiness. So, in summary... The word of God firstly must be received with an an Amen and secondly must be interpreted as good news for all, rich and poor. And thirdly, good news is not to be kept to oneself. We are to, in the words of Nehemiah, send portions to to them for for whom nothing is prepared. Amen. There is good news. Let's share. It's a simple message and easy enough to share in a world hungry for good news and in need of the rebuilding of brokenness. The rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem in the time of Nehemiah may well have been done in record time. I mean, try getting a builder to do such a task in 52 days today. But the work of rebuilding the nation was far from complete. There was lots still to do. The famine still raged. There was inequality and corruption. New laws had to be enacted. Perhaps this is why Nehemiah finds himself in Jerusalem for another 12 years, so that motivated and moved by the Spirit, he could begin to place a better way of life for all, to put in place a better way of life for all. Because the good news is for all. And I wonder how we, motivated and moved by the Spirit, might share it today with those for whom nothing is prepared. Let's pray together.
O God, move us by your Spirit to be messengers of good news, to receive it for ourselves, but not to keep it for ourselves, to share it with all. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.